Hey, good morning, everybody. It is Thursday. Another week is flying by. And, uh, you know, my favorite days are Wednesdays and Fridays because on Wednesdays and Fridays, Lori's with me. Um, so, kind of solo on Wednesday, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So, makes me a little sad. But she'll be with us tomorrow. But you're with me, and uh, I'm just so grateful for that. And I'm grateful for you. And again, I want to let you know how much I love and appreciate you guys. And uh, I'm not going to stop letting you know how much I love you. So I hope you never get tired of hearing it. I also want to let you know about this Sunday once again. Sunday at 6 p.m. Please, if you can be with us, come on out. A night of healing for all. 6 p.m. Sunday night. There'll be some worship, not some, there'll be worship and praise. There'll be some testimonies from uh, other people besides Lori and um, Allison and Zane and myself. And uh, we're going to have a special message from a great, a great and dear, you know, friend of mine. I uh, hope he knows how much uh, he means to me. And it's going to be coming from all the way out from Colorado. Um, and that's going to be... Sir Barry Bennett. He's one of the, the class favorites at Karis Bible College here in Fishkill where I where I am the direct director of. And you know, hey, if you know anybody that's interested in, in attending a, a Bible college where the only the only textbook is the Bible, you know, let us know. Give me a call. Um, so we hope to see you Sunday night. If you're not here in person, it will be live on our website. It will be live on Facebook. And it will also be live via a Zoom. And with Zoom, you'll be able to see the crowd. You'll be able to, you know, like experience everything like you're there. On Facebook, we won't be able to start it until the music service is over. But on Zoom, you'll be able to hear everything and get everything. And, um, and you'll be able to chat on Zoom with, with one another, with people that are watching. Or, and um, it's going to be great. And uh, on that Zoom feed, that live feed from Charlotte is going to be where Allison and my son-in-law Zane are going to be joining us from. They will be live from, from Charlotte. So anyway, let's go. Let's go on. We are doing, uh, oh boy, I wish Lori was here to let me know. I think we're doing number eight in exploring faith. Number eight in exploring faith. And that real faith is birth from within, springs forth from within. When we know our covenant. And our covenant is based on Jesus Christ. Jesus the Christ and his blood. Our covenant was signed and sealed and delivered by the spilling of his blood. His precious blood. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You remember that song? That old? We might have to sing that this Sunday. What can wash away your sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
What can make you whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make you whole? What can make you whole in body, mind, and spirit? The blood of Jesus. So, very important, very important, the covenant. This could have been number one. There, you see, I'm giving them numbers just so that we have a reference point. But there's not one evidence that's greater than the other. There's not one point un, under exploring what real faith is or, or how real faith is birthed or springs forth. It's just for a point of reference because this could, be, this could have been number one or maybe it should have been number one. Our covenant. And we must remember. We must remember. Always remember. And if you don't know your covenant or what covenant you are in or under, then you won't be able to negotiate in accordance with God's character and our covenant. The covenant that the Father set in place with His Son. And we, you see, we enter into that covenant that cannot be broken, can never be broken. And God, you see, the reason why the covenant of law, the Mosaic covenant of law, had to be replaced was God is a God of blessing. And he could not bless according to his nature and character in that covenant. Why? Because they couldn't keep it. They couldn't keep a covenant they asked for. So God replaced it with a covenant that's not up to us to keep. It could never be broken. Why? Because it was made between the Father and the Son. Now we enter into that covenant that the Father and the Son have together by putting our faith in the Son, in Jesus Christ. And so now, all the covenant promises, which are yes and amen, are guaranteed for us and to us. We qualify. And it's not based upon a do-it-yourself system or doing it ourselves. It is based upon the Son of God. The covenant made between the Father and the Son, and we enter into by faith in Jesus Christ. This is why the teachings of Paul are so vitally important, where he talks about how we become united with him. You see, Romans chapter 6, verse 4 and 5, if you've been united with him, if you've been united with him, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. Ephesians chapter 2, what a beautiful chapter. How even while we were in our sins, God the Father co-quickened us together with Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, 21, we have been established by the Father in Christ. So you see, 
This covenant cannot be broken because it's between the Father and the Son. And now, because the Son has totally pleased the Father in every way, in this new covenant, the Father is free to bless, to bless, to bless. And we enter into that covenant through faith in Jesus Christ. This is the importance of knowing covenant. This is the importance of knowing covenant. So today, we're going to be looking at some different things. We're going to be looking at different things. And remember what I said. Boy, we're just going to get started. Remember what I said, Psalm chapter 89, verse 34 and 35. My covenant I will not break, nor will I alter the words that have come forth from my lips. I swear by my holiness that I cannot lie. That's so important. That's so important. He cannot lie and he will not alter. And he did not alter that covenant of law. The covenant of the Mosaic law. What he did was he disannulled it. It was canceled. And it was replaced by a better covenant through Jesus Christ walking in perfection of life. But I want to tell you something. We're going to do a little segue here because I've been asked, you know, you need to warn the people. You need to warn people that the end is coming. The, 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 the world's going to be destroyed. God is going to judge the world. Paul tells us in Acts chapter 17 that God did judge the world in righteousness when his son Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Now, I got news for you. I got news for you. There's a man by the name of, by the name of Noah. Okay? There's a man by the name of, of Noah. And do you know that God made a covenant with Noah? And that covenant with Noah... Of course, I thought I had it, but I will look it up again. He made a covenant with Noah because it says he was sorry for having destroyed the inhabitants of the world the way he did. And Noah made a sacrifice to God. And it says that it was a sweet smelling savor before God. And it said because of that, God repented of what he had done. And he said, as long as there is day and night, as long as there is winter and summer and fall and spring, as long as there is seed time and harvest, as long as the earth proceeds, I will never, ever destroy its inhabitants again. Period. Period. Read that covenant. God will not break that covenant he made with Noah. So I'm sorry, guys. All this doom and gloom preaching, they don't know covenants. And here's another one. 
that Psalm 89 talks about. He made a covenant with David. And the covenant he made with David was that your descendants would be enthroned forever. And of your descendants' kingdom, there will be no end. But let me tell you something. Jesus Christ is that descendant, and he is that king. And of his kingdom, right here, right now, the kingdom of God, there will be no end. You see, it is an ever-growing kingdom. It is an everlasting kingdom. We keep hearing about all this doom and all this gloom because we have this wonderful thing called the internet. And you think, you think that, you know, in the past it has been censored? You know what? Even There's even Christians that censored what's really going on out there. There is revival everywhere. There are people coming to know the Lord everywhere. There are miracles everywhere. And we're not talking about tens. We're talking about thousands. We're talking about hundreds of thousands. We're talking about millions. His kingdom is on the move. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. So you see, when you look at covenants and you try to figure out the book of Revelation, you need to keep covenants in mind. And you need to ask yourself, what is that book really talking about? And perhaps we will talk about that book one day. But covenants are so very vitally important. Very vitally important. In just a second, I have a piece of paper here I forgot about that tells me um, Genesis chapter 9. Genesis chapter 9, you can read about Noah. You can read about Noah and that covenant. So now here we go. We're going to continue in this. This is beautiful. Matthew chapter 26 verse 26 through 29. And it says this, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Now what comes next kept the disciples in silent amazement. Now, we, we don't know this unless we understand what the Scripture is saying here. Now, I'm, I'm letting you know this, and you'll see this. You know, the night before Christmas, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Let me tell you something. As they're sitting at that, at that Passover meal, and Jesus is presenting to them what he's presenting, there's not a sound being made. There's total, total silence. They understand fully, fully what Jesus is saying. They understand fully what he's saying, although they did not comprehend fully what it meant. Thank you. Thank you, Apostle, Apostle Paul. But they know. They know what he's speaking of. And it says, And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the new covenant, 
which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Think about that. No more law. No more adherence to the law for righteousness or for, or for the forgiveness of sins. It's in his blood. This is huge. But I say unto you, I will not drink again of the fruit of this vine until I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. And you know when that was? That was after the third day when he was raised in righteousness. At that point, when they celebrated, this is the time that Jesus was talking about. But here it is in the Passion Translation. It says it a little bit differently, and I like the way it says it here. It says, As they ate, Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples. He said to them, This is my body. Eat it. Then taking the cup of wine and giving praises to the Father, he entered into covenant with them, saying, This is my blood. Each of you must drink it in fulfillment of this covenant. For this is the blood that seals the new covenant. It will be poured out for many for the complete forgiveness of sins. And the next time we drink this, I will be with you, and we will drink it together with a new understanding in the kingdom realm of my Father. Matthew 26, verse 26 through 29. And the word covenant is, is a contract, okay? It's a contract. It's a, devise, a divisory will. But that's the covenant we know, okay? The covenant they knew, the Hebrew word for covenant was to cut. To cut. Cutting. Because made by the passing between pieces of flesh. An incision where blood flows. So they knew what he was talking about. Now there would be a covenant that would be cut by the shedding of blood. And by sharing in that, they would become one with Jesus Christ. Now, you know what? Covenant, cut, blood, this is not something that is new. Cutting the covenant has been performed throughout the ages. Now, for instance, there are two, ministry, two missionaries, Stanley and Livingston, okay? And they went to places in Africa where they just were meeting obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. And one, one, one time someone said to him, why don't you cut covenants? They didn't know what that was. But what it was was this. In that area, there were, there were tribal warfares. There were, there were lots of tribes and there was war, warfare going on all the time. And if you had a great and mighty king of a tribe, okay, and then you had a lesser king of a lesser tribe, and he knew he, he was going to be devoured, he would seek that mighty king who could protect him, right? 
who would stand behind him, who would give his life for him because they were in covenant. He would come and they would make a covenant. Oh boy, and this is going to get good tomorrow when we talk more about this. But anyway, he would come to that 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 one king, that greater and mightier king, and he would come up with all the gifts that he possibly could. He would try to find something that would please that king. That would please that king. And if he did, and if that king accepted him, then they would have what was called a, a, a cutting ceremony, a covenant ceremony, where the priest of that of that of that king of that of that tribe would slice slice the forearm of one of the kings, and then the blood would drip in a glass of wine. Might not have been called wine, but then he would take the wrist, the forearm of the other king, and they would slice it, and it would drip into the into the. This is how sacred this was, and then they would stir it up, and they each would drink from it. And then they would take their arms, their two arms, and intermingle their blood. And they would be in covenant together. And what that meant is you could not touch that lesser king. Because if you did, the greater king would come and protect him, would stand up for him, would fight for him, would give up his very life for him. And that covenant was so vitally important that it lasted for generations. Four and five generations. What's a generation? 30 or 40 years? I don't know. But it would last throughout the generations, which speaks highly. Speaks it's very important to me. Because I'm in covenant. It's been cut. And we're going we're gonna to learn about this from the book of Colossians so beautifully by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you know how my generations are under that covenant. I believe that. And I stand on that. All right? But, but anyway, so, so I, Stanley, all right, the, the first missionary, he went and I guess he had kind of like a, a disease or something or whatever where... His stomach would always be upset, and then he had a goat. And he would drink fresh milk from this goat, and it would always settle his stomach and whatnot. So when he went before the greatest tribal king in, in Africa at that time to negotiate a covenant, the tribal king wanted the goat. So he gave him the goat. And they did this very, they performed this very sacrifice that I was telling you about. Um, and he did, and they did, and and and, and now what what the uh, what that tribal leader gave him was his spear with a gold. The end of I forget what it's called. And Stanley was able to walk throughout the entire continent, you know, of Africa, and nobody would touch him because of the covenant. So now, see, and that was done with Abraham. And we're going to talk about the Abrahamic covenant, where the cut was made. The cut was made and blood was shed. That's what circumcision was. They understood this covenant. Blood shed. Blood intermingled. They knew what Jesus was saying. They didn't understand that he was going to die. They didn't understand they would be dying with him. They didn't understand being united with him. They didn't understand being one with him, but they understood 
covenant. They understood complete protection. No enemy. They understood no enemy could stand before us. And we know that. Who's the enemy? Satan. He can't stand before us. No enemy can make accusation against us. No enemy could rise up and defeat us. That's why we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves us. No enemy could ever defeat us. No sickness. No disease. That's why I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Because I'm in covenant with him. And so when we begin to look at, and we're going to stop now. We're going to continue this. Oh, I hope you, you, you know, you've been blessed with this so far. I hope it's made sense. Uh, you know, Holy Spirit is just putting this together with me. And I'm just having a great time studying out the covenant. Okay? Um, um, the covenant is so important because when we negotiate, we have to negotiate from our covenant, knowing what it is, knowing the truths, and knowing the truthful character of our God. He will never fail us, He will never leave us. We can never be defeated. The enemy can never put anything on us. We are always victorious. We can do all things. I love you. And with that, I'm going to call it a day. And we will see you tomorrow, Friday, Lori and I.